I mean, it was really hard. I think the main part was just letting go of the memories, but it was it was almost harder to stay there because it was it was a home when I had my dogs. Yeah. And it was their home too, but then as soon as it was just me, then it just felt like a shelter. Yeah. Like it just felt like a roof over my head. It didn't feel like a home. It was just a house. And then, um, and then it was just got to this point where it was like just through prayer and like because I didn't know what to do, whether to sell it or not. And then through prayer, like this part, it's weird how like you'll get a part from the Bible like you just don't ever focus on before, and it all of a sudden like pops in your head, and you're like, and it seems like like it's on repeat. And it just keeps, won't get out of your head. And it was yeah. this part in Genesis where, like, it's where Jacob runs away after he betrays Esau and stuff. And then he's, like, running. It's before he goes to his uncle and meets Rachel and Leah and all that. It's, like, mid that part where he's just leaving his parents and he's kind of out in the wilderness on his own. And he, like, lays down and he makes a vow to God. And he just says, like, God, if you'll keep me in the way that I'm going, like then you'll be my God forever. Like, basically, if you'll keep me in this way, where I'm, like, just kind of out here, everything's out in limbo right now. That's kind of how it took it. So it was kind of, like, one of those things where I was just, like, praying about selling my house, and I was just, like, if I do it, you know, whatever, if I just keep pursuing you, if you'll keep me as I keep following you, like, then you'll be my God forever. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it was just kind of, like, this weird decision part where it was just kind of, like, I'm just gonna sell it, and then I'll have a better one in heaven. Yeah. And it's something I'm not going back to. Yeah. And it's really weird, like even talking about like dying to yourself, or if that's the right way to put it. It's like it's like little pieces of you die along the way, and I think everybody has to experience that, whether you intentionally do it or not. I think it's better to intentionally do it. But it was kind of like burying something, in a sense, like. I had to kind of put all those memories like it's like you take all those memories and put them in a chest and you're like stay there till I'm done with this life or something like yeah like even with Verona thinking about things sometimes I'm like like when Abraham when Sarah died he he said give me a place to bury my dead out of my sight and it's kind of like that like I just want it like sometimes it just needs to be out of sight out of mind just so I can deal with this the present yeah. Like, it's not that it's bad to think about, but it's like sometimes if you dwell there, you just get sad. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's almost like you're packing up those memories for the future. Kind of like you would do with photos, I guess. You just put them away, and then you're like, I can look at them some later date in the future. Well, and, and that's the thing that I feel like, I mean, even thinking about, like, like people who leave their childhood homes or things like that, like, a lot of times, especially people who's, like, family have died like if your parents have died and you sell your parents home like that's really hard for a lot of people but at the same time I think you have to remember like like the, the house is a framework the yeah. body is a framework like you yeah. bury people you leave their bodies but they're not there that's yeah. just their bodies and like the home is just it's just a framework there's nothing there there's like memories that you have of being there but those memories are in you and your home is in you you know like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you take your home wherever you go because your memories go with you and like like you said you store them and you don't have to always open them you can just store them but they're always there you always know that they're they're in your mind somewhere and you can always access them yeah but yeah. you don't have to access them if you don't want to yeah but it's like 
think that's why like a lot of people get so attached to things but like yeah. those things don't mean anything because they're just things the only thing that makes them mean anything is that you had a memory associated with them. yeah it's like, like the little medicine pouch yeah exactly that, like, that was the worst part about that i think to me it was like god forbid you lose that thing i know like for anyone's listening it's the medicine pouch this indian guy was making and it's basically to keep sentimental things in like a tooth um, or like... piece of hair, like yeah. things that have value, like memories attached to them. But then it's like, yeah, it's that thought, like, if you're, like, because even when Verona died, like, I found one of her old dog tags. And yeah. I, like, drilled a little hole in it and I put it on a necklace because it was broken, so I had to drill another hole. And then I went to Walmart. It was, like, two days after I made this necklace. I went to Walmart and somehow it broke and fell off. And I cried through a fit. And then, like, like probably, like, five minutes in, I was like, what are, like... It's good that I realized, okay, it's good that I lost it. Because if I'm, like, getting that Not attached to some little object because it has a memory to it, I probably need to lose it because I don't need to... Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't need to... I don't know. Because, yeah, even with the medicine pouch, like, if you're carrying around 20 years' worth of memories in that thing, what happens if you lose it? I mean, I can only imagine that would be so devastating. Yeah, it, it would be, and it's hard because, like... There are so many things that hold, like, deep sentimental value, and it's hard to disregard them, like... Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, they are just things. And, like, you're just gonna beat yourself up if you ever, if you ever lose them. Or, I don't know, or if they break or something. Because, like, things break because they're things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And like you said, even with houses, like, moving out of a childhood home, that's, like, uh and all the Israelites and everything, they all, it says that they dwelt in tents, you know, and it says that we're strangers and pilgrims on earth. So if, like, you keep that mindset, it makes sense, like, what you're talking about. Like, even your childhood home, it's just another tent. You're moving from one tent to another. Like, you're not here permanently. This is just a little, a little travel transition phase. Yeah. Like, you're kind of technically, whether in one house or another, it's all temporary, and you're kind of almost... Your whole life is like a little road trip, in a sense. Yeah. So you actually get to go home, which is like, I can't even, I don't know, it's just so comforting to think like, when that, or it's been really, and maybe that's just one of those things, like it's kind of a personal emphasis, maybe because I had just sold my house, where it's just like maybe more sticking out to me right now, but just the thought where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. It's just like, that's a nice comforting thought of like, when I'm done with this life, when I lay down, like, there'll actually be a place for me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But then at the same time, I think sometimes that's terrifying to some people because they think heaven will just be like, you're just sitting on a cloud being lazy and nothing to do. Yeah. And that's that's a worse thought to me. But I, think I think that's it's, terrifying also. I, don't, I think that's a wrong concept of it because, I mean... It's really weird, like, I, we can go into all sorts of weird stuff that I believe. I don't think I believe the conventional stuff anymore about heaven, but yeah. I think there'll be plenty to do, and I kind of almost think it's not going to be... I think it's going to be a lot more glorious and a lot more beautiful than what we experience here and now, but I think as in the working of things, I don't think it'll be that much different. Yeah. Um, that may have been the wrong way to say it. Like, um, a, like a glorified Eden, kind of? Yeah. Yeah, but I think you'll still they'll still be like working and interaction with people and and the thing there's a like and I know this is a question because I always had that question too like when you get to heaven people say there's no more sin 
And people say that. I don't think it ever, I don't know that the Bible ever actually says that. Yeah. But it says that there's no more sin. It says that there's no more death, no more crying. There shall be no more pain yeah. in like the age to come. Um, but, and I don't know that, the, and I, I mean, I'm not saying there will be sin, but I'm just saying like, I don't know that it actually says that specifically. But, because, well, because the, the thought is like, well, if you can't sin, then you don't have an opportunity to sin, so you don't have a free will anymore. And yeah, then most people most people say, well, it's what? not that. It's just that you don't want to sit anymore. And I'm like, I don't want to sit now. Yeah, like, no. it's like I, I don't particularly want to either, yeah. but it just happens. Yeah, it's like I'm not, like, willfully being this rebellious person. Like, I mean, like, not anymore. I used to be, I guess. But it's... So I understand where people, like, make that argument of, like, well, if there's no more sin, then there's no more free will. And so I'm like... I think it's just that it's like I'm not it's it's weird it's just weird how they all work together how sin works in correlation with forgiveness works in correlation with mercy and love yeah. and repentance and they all do such not necessarily sin but the way sin leads into and transitions into all those things like it transitions into true repentance a true change of heart and mind and turning yeah. back to God. Like a, a weeping and a mourning and like a yearning for him. And to where like you just, it's not like, it's like out of that guilt and shame that you had, you just love him more. And I don't know, and the way that works into receiving more of his mercy and more of his love through that, it's just like the working of that. Like I don't, it's such a beautiful thing that that does to the, the human heart. I don't know that that will just be completely thrown out the window for all eternity. But maybe it will be. I just don't know. Sometimes I wonder too, like, because for me, it seems like, well, I feel like a lot of people are like, what's my purpose in life? And they want to find, like, this, this deep meaning of, like, fulfillment kind of thing. Like, your purpose, even if it's like, like, what's my, what do I need to do for God? Yeah. In this world. But then, like, we were talking about missionaries, and it's like, man, if your purpose in life is to be a missionary, and then you get to heaven, like, what do you, you're going to have, like, kind of a, a crisis, where you're like, well, I mean, I mean, it'll be happy, it'll be great, but, like, yeah, I mean, worship leaders, yeah, you go up there, and you need worship, and, like, even, like, your daily jobs, you can go up, and you can, like, be an architect, you can do this stuff, and, like, oh, yeah. but, like, if you're a missionary, what do you do? Oh, I think you're heaven. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you're not really... Like, if you're an evangelist and you're trying to reach the lost, yeah, it's, it's like, like, who's like, lost? Who's yeah. lost? No, nobody? No, no takers? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... I sometimes yeah. I... I don't know. I don't I, know either. That is a weird thought. When I think too hard about it, it makes me nervous. I know it shouldn't, because for some reason when I was younger, I would get scared because I was like, man, I'm going to get bored. But I don't think you'll get bored in heaven ever. No. I think I'm thinking about it the wrong way. But when I was younger, I would even think that, like, man, if I'm just hopping around from cloud to cloud, I don't even really like riding horses very much. Everyone always talks about riding horses from clouds to clouds. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll like, like it very much. You might get a chariot. I could get a chariot. That's or, true. Or, let's see, what do you like riding? Maybe, well, I would say a dragon, but I guess that might be compared Ooh. to Satan, so I don't know if you can get that. Dragon is <laughs> cool. Maybe a, like, a big cat. I ride a tiger? Oh, or tiger's bigger? Or a saber tooth? Already. I could ride a saber tooth. Oh, that would be cool. That'd yeah, be see, cool. I think all that stuff. Or a mammoth? 
Yeah. Oh, well, that would be fun. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be really cool. That's, okay, so that to me is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think, I actually listened to um, a thing not too long ago, and it was like, some guy was trying to answer the question of the whole whether animals go to heaven or not. And he basically was with the argument that, that they do because the way people get attached to him, like even kids, like with Ava specifically. I mean, like, the, the way Finn is almost a part of her, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's in her heart. Yeah. So it's like, why would he not be in, in meet her in heaven yeah. if he's actually in her heart? So it's like, but there is, but people always say like, well, they don't have a spirit or the other, or they'll say they don't have a soul. It's always one of the two. Yeah. And the Bible says clearly, and that they have both. Yeah. It says that they have the breath of life. And I would... I don't know. Maybe it doesn't necessarily say that they have a soul. Maybe it doesn't. It does say that they have a spirit, though. But it would... It would be... I feel like people that say they don't have a soul are kind of just ignorant at looking at things. Yeah. Or... or I don't know if ignorance is word. Just not... They don't actually look at things. Because I'm like, obviously an animal has a free will. It has a mind. It has a free will. And it has emotions. Yeah. Like, it has all three of those. And that's what I guess I've always heard that soul, your soul is kind of, it's like you're being your sense of consciousness. Yeah. And I was like, I, some people say that animals aren't conscious and they don't even have, I like they don't know they do. that they exist. I think that they do. I'm like, I think they do too. I don't know <laughs> they why they would. seem to have personalities, especially like if you even look at cats. I mean, dogs are one thing because dogs have kind of the same personality for the most part. Yeah. But even so, you can't clump all the animals together because yeah. some of them clearly have personalities. Yeah, and I don't know that I don't know how you can say they don't have consciousness. But anyway, so that being said, I think they're definitely gonna be up there. But then I think there are um, certain re like I I don't know like when you talk about the kingdom of heaven. I know we've mentioned this before. Like just like if I actually look at a natural kingdom, because that's what Jesus kept calling it—the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, yeah, like the kingdom of God. And so if you like, you it's comparative to a natural kingdom wouldn't be like the United States but like I guess back in those days like if you have a king well there was some like on horses there were some in chariots like some people so I think that'd be a pretty cool thing to inherit in heaven would be a woolly mammoth if you could get that Dude, that'd be sweet yeah. well my thing even just logically it feels like well if there is going to be everything in heaven that we have on earth then why wouldn't he just keep the ones that he already created, you know? Like, why why make oh, a yeah. bunch of new animals? Yeah, yeah. Like, why why make, like, a new dog when you could have this dog that already has sentimental value and attachment to the people that you love, that you created? So, I don't know. It just feels like, well, of course those animals will be up there because yeah. why not? I don't know. Yeah. And I think it would be cool that, yeah, like you said, even, um, like, even with woolly mammoths, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's such a cru- like a way to crush people's hopes to say that they wouldn't be there. Yeah. Like, or that, I mean, I guess dinosaurs might be a little bit more scary, like if you had a T-Rex or something. But I don't know. It'd be really cool to see a woolly mammoth up there. And it's like, I don't know why that wouldn't be redeemable. Yeah. That, that, that creation that God made, I don't know why you would say that's condemned to hell forever. Like, why isn't that creation redeemable in there? Even dragons. You said dragons, but I don't know why dragons wouldn't be up there. I I think they probably would be. I think it's just the symbolism of it. Well, then you could say goats shouldn't be up there. 
Yeah, I know. Because apparently goats are bad. Yeah. Or owls. Or owls. Yeah. All my Lots of things my, have been twisted. My but. whole totem. My whole totem is getting... Yeah. That's except true. for the butterfly. The butterflies. Right. Butterflies would be up there <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I think that would... I don't know. And just that, like, that thought... I think is need to think like I mean it's like how it says the whole creation all the creation everything God created is like yearning and groaning waiting for the redemption of the sons of God and it's like they're waiting for this glory to take place where everything is like redeemed and it's like if everything gets back redeemed like in and put back in order why wouldn't you have those things that once existed before yeah that were that are now lost and I think that'd be really cool you should do that. I'll request that for you when I get to heaven. I'll put in a personal petition for Natalie's Woolly Mammoth. Yeah, please do. All right. Do you need a saddle with that? Uh. No? No, I don't think so. They have lots of hair. I can... It's true. I don't know how hair would help, actually. I was thinking, like, reins. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, people ride elephants, so that would work. Yeah, I feel like you could totally ride a woolly mammoth. Yeah. Be better than a saber tooth. I'll probably tiger, have to sure. live somewhere a little colder to have it as a pet, maybe. Yeah. I would prefer to live in a colder climate anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I don't know. But that's true. I didn't even like going back to that thought. I never really thought about that before. But that's a good question too. If people's hearts are towards evangelism and reaching the lost. It's like, well, where are the lost? In the, in the next life, except in hell. Yeah, it kind of feels like... It, I am excited for the celebration, but to celebrate for eternity feels like... I don't know, it kind of feels like I, I'd like to celebrate and then I'd like to, like, join Jesus and be like, all right, let's get stuff done, you know? But, like, I don't know what stuff we need to get done. But it just kind of feels like... Because you're kind of in that zone in, yeah. on this earth where you're like, all right, I got to get stuff done for God. But then once you're up there, it's like, yeah, let's celebrate. But then, like, for eternity, just feels like a, it feels like a really long time. <laughs> <Sorry. Yeah. laughs> Maybe I'm just thinking about it wrong. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe that's why the Mormons, like, kind of got into that whole idea. Because I know they, I think it's the Mormons have that idea where, like, you're your basically, yeah, you get your own planet. You keep reproducing. Like, you keep... Which I don't think is right, because then you're a creator, and you're yeah. a god, and that's just weird to me, but then, um, but there's that thought, like, well, what do you do for all eternity if you're not, if the universe is expanding now, like they say, that's like, things are actually expanding, well, what do you do for all eternity? I would think you just keep somehow, it, inhab- like, I, I don't know that inhabited is the right word, but expand throughout it, and yeah. throughout the heavens, and I don't but I'm it's a weird thought to say like things would go I mean I guess things would obviously go beyond earth because if you're live in the heavens then you know yeah if that's where your eternal home is I guess you would yeah I don't know that's yeah that's a weird thought I don't think it'll be boring at all though I think it was Jesse Duplantis I listened to a long time ago he gave like some uh testimony about where he was caught up into heaven like he had a I don't know if it was, he said he went there but it's kind of hard to say whether he had a vision or not I guess it could be one and the same thing I don't really know but he said like he met the apostle Paul and stuff 
but he said people were doing things up there. Like, people weren't just sitting around having a celebration. It was like people were helping each other, like, enjoy. I don't know what that looks like or how you help each other, but it's like, or you minister to one another or something. I, but it's like, I. Yeah, because if there's no suffering and no pain, then why do you really need to minister to each other? Yeah, and it's like, that's why I really kept, like, trying to emphasize that perfection is not what we think perfection looks like. Because I'm like, if I think, if people tell me heaven's perfect, well, then there's no more ministering. There's no more helping anybody because everybody's perfect. So there's nothing needs to be done. And then you just lay around. Yeah. And it's like, but if perfection isn't what our general mindset is, if it really is just love, mercy, and forgiveness, well, those things are always working. Yeah. Like those things are always doing something. And it's like, so if that is perfection, then they're constantly at work. Um, yeah. And just, yeah. And it's that, and I really think that's what it is. Like, I really, really, really have come to believe, like, I, through, like, God showing me, honestly, I don't think it was, like, me, just Him showing me. I really, really, really believe that that's right. That perfection is love, forgiveness, and mercy, those three. Yeah. And that's, because even when I think about it, I'm just like, if you take a child and... I don't know if you saw that video I did. I did a video recently and I tried to like do it in a picture of like two kids. So you have, I'll, I'll try to, so you have like a, you have your first child, right? Yeah. And so like you have two kids, your first child is just like what we would think of perfect. Like it never does anything wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like you never have to correct it or anything. And then, so like, but then it never, if it never has to be corrected, it never messes up. It never experiences forgiveness, you know? Yeah. It never experiences mercy. Like, sure, those things are still there for it, but it never actually eats of them or partakes of them or anything like that. Then you have the second child that, like, messes up all the time. And mm -hmm. it's constantly, like, in rebellion. You have to correct it. But then, like, through repentance, like, repentance is important. It comes back. It's sorry. This child's sorry. Then it experiences your love and your mercy and for your forgiveness and just willing to, like, look overlook that. So now your relationship with that second child is perfect again. Mm -hmm. Because you've just covered all that with mercy, love, and forgiveness. Yeah. Like, you've... All those faults, those re that rebellion, those blemishes, those... Like, they're all covered. And then the problem with the first child is, is that, I don't know, problem's probably not the right word to use. Like, the first child is, well, it could get self-righteous, first of all. Yeah. Because it never messes up. And so then, now it all of a sudden, all of a sudden has a blemish. Because that's like the worst thing ever in a person, is self-righteousness. When it starts thinking it's better than everyone else. Yeah. And so, there's that wrong. But then, like... I don't know it's just like that thought and then even so even if you have those two kids the first child like never experiences that it's just it sounds like the prodigal son yeah it does it sounds like that story but it's like even the thought like the thought to me is like if forgiveness mercy and love are actually working and they're active and they do stuff mm -hmm. they create perfection because like like the way you as a parent forgave that child you just brought that relationship back into perfection through yeah. mercy forgiveness and love you brought they might have had a fault, a blemish, or whatever, but you, like, the atonement means to make a covering. You just does, basically covered it. Does that mean that the parent is perfect now? Or is the child perfect? Or is the child only perfect once they've also given mercy and love? 
freely to people who don't deserve it? Does that bring you into perfection? See, because it's like a circle. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it's because like I a, get that the relationship's perfection now, but it feels like the parent is perfect, and the child might not be yet. The parent is, I think, perfect, would be perfect if it's receiving that from Jesus. Because it's like Jesus offers... Okay, so Jesus offers me that. I I realize, man, I messed up. I've messed up. I've done bad. I've done wrong. I've, but I've, like, through repentance... I'm not, like, making an argument for sin at all. But through repentance, like, I've... He's freely giving me forgiveness when I don't yeah. deserve it. And mercy and love. And so, like, he's provided that atonement for me to where, like, I receive that from him. And so I... Because I've received that like un, undeservingly like if I keep conscious of that and I'm aware of that how undeserving I am then how can I not offer that to other people yeah when they like not just saying and that's not just flattery like oh you're good in your sin but no, just that, like that makes sense but you only reach perfection when you've offered that yes yes, yes yeah, yeah. because to withhold it then I'm just yeah. self-righteous. And that's I'm what like, I'm saying. Then, I'm like, oh, he forgave me. Now I'm perfect and I'm better than you. Like, that's just, then you fall into self-righteousness and then you're imperfect again. Yeah. So it's like, the perfection is like this circular mercy and love that just flows through. And that's where, like, you, you're you kind of getting to that point of like, which of those two children is able to create perfection better? And it would be the one that's actually stumbled. Because yeah. the other one... I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't, but I just think it would be harder to if you've never actually experienced forgiveness and mercy. Like, I guess you could experience love, but you, if you've never experienced forgiveness and mercy, you how can you how can you properly offer that to someone else? Yeah, it's like you probably could. It just might be harder. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. So it's like, to me, I think that's what perfection looks like, and so it's like this circular working this continual working of mercy love and forgiveness where it's just like this flow you receive it from god you let it flow out of you to other people and it's just like and and i don't know it's and so like if that if heaven is perfect and i take that concept and apply it to heaven like i'm not saying that people will be sinful in heaven or anything like that i just think though there will somehow still be a continual growth and like as like a eternal growth and of mercy and love, mm -hmm. like somehow that's just going to keep growing. Yeah. And I don't really know what that looks like or how that happens, but I think like that's comforting to me that that it won't just be perfect. I'll just be sitting there, everything's hunky dory, but like somehow they'll just they'll still be this working and like. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that will happen because there will be i mean i'm assuming that people will still be having children in heaven maybe is that still happening uh, I, don't I, I don't know but if that does happen like what happens if you're born into i mean it's like adam and eve all over you born into that perfection oh well, yeah not perfection, and they mess up again like, yeah it's just like or do people are is everyone just like celibate when they get to heaven is Celibate, yeah. I don't know. Can they not have kids a, anymore? There's that part where Jesus says, "In heaven, they won't be, they won't marry and won't be given in marriage, but are angels like God in heaven?" So I don't really know exactly. Yeah. Because I wouldn't. Because the people are reproducing now. Like I think, and he says, "Be fruitful and multiply." 
Yeah. Like, not to make that... Like, I think that should be applied probably more in the spiritual sense than in the natural sense. But, like, I don't know how there won't be a multiplication or a fruitfulness. Yeah. And so I think there would be growth of that. But I don't... Yeah, I don't know. It's... I guess it's just weird, like, thinking... Even thinking now, I'm like... I feel like I've... Maybe it's through stuff I've heard, or maybe it was just where my mind goes, but I've put, like, assumptions on what I think the new age is supposed to look like. Yeah. And the new heavens and the new earth. Because it's like, there is another earth. And it's like, if we're in, in the heavens, do we come back to earth? Are we... Or is there still, like, people being born on earth and then they end up dying and going to heaven? Like, what is it? I don't... And people would say no. Well, because I guess because he says there's no more death, no more crying, there shall be no more pain. Mm. So it's weird. I just don't know how to apply all those necessarily. And I don't... I try not to make assumptions of what things will look like because it's so... Yeah. Weird. I don't know. I don't... I try not to think about it too much because it makes me nervous. Because I feel like anything I can think of... Is unsatisfying to me. What, like, like the thought heaven? of just sitting there? Yeah, like any type of any time I think of heaven for long enough, I'm not satisfied, and I know that it's because I'm just like making things up, and it, it's got to be. I know it's satisfying. It's just like I don't understand it, so I just don't think yeah. about it because I'm like I'm not just gonna make stuff up. I'm not gonna pretend like I know what it's gonna be like. Yeah. And then I won't feel nervous about it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you shouldn't feel nervous about it, but I think no. when you start. Like, like you said, just making up your own ideas about what it's going to be like or assuming things, then that's when you start getting unsatisfied with it. Yeah. I think that's important for people not to do. Like, I guess we've had, like, this, um, I don't know that I, I don't know that I said wrong assumptions about heaven, but I don't know that it's been taught properly because if people think that way, then I, I feel like that means it's not been properly portrayed the yeah. kingdom of heaven if people are if Christians are actually scared to go there because they think they'll just be bored their whole life yeah and like and Jesus said like you know I've given you natural things we have this earth like first comes the natural then comes the spiritual so I would think that there's at least a spiritual comparison to a lot of the things we do here that we'll be doing in heaven and so they may look a little different like even rock climbing how you enjoy that like, there'll probably be something like that in heaven. But I don't know that it would be rock climbing specifically. But yeah. it would probably be something... A spiritual comparison, in a way, to that. I don't even know what that would mean. Or, I don't really either. Yeah. Maybe. Um, probably, right? Or, I mean, maybe it just... Maybe you could just go rock climbing when you want. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. That's what happened. It float down a lazy river. You can river. just rock climb all day, every day. Yeah, there you go. And actually be good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be strong and not have to try to be strong. Yeah, so that would take fun. out the fun. Well, or you I could don't climb know. without a rope, and then if you fall, like as soon as you're about to hit the bottom, you just poof and then go back to where you started, like Ooh, a reset. Yeah, that'd be nice. See, I think, I mean, I just think it's been, yeah, not portrayed rightly because I think it should be exciting. Um,. But I think, I guess even the thought of that, like, if that's all you do every day, if everything's perfect and I just go rock climbing every day for eternity, that does sound very it unsatisfying. boring, yeah. Yeah. So there's something, that's what I mean, I feel like there's... It's weird. I don't, I don't know, I don't... 
I'm trying to not like think too much about it and slip over to any sort of heresy or anything like that, you know? Yeah. And say it's gonna be this way or that way, but it's like I don't I don't think it's what we've always thought. And I feel like maybe that um that thought of uh of the for some reason that I feel like that I don't know that it helps my mind any, but I feel like it helps my heart to have that thought of, like, perfection actually being mercy, love, and forgiveness on a continual growth. Yeah. And I, I don't know, because I don't know that it helps my mind, as in I don't necessarily know what that looks like, but I think it helps my heart, as in the way that, like, you'll still be helping people your yeah. whole life. Because I feel like that's what our heart kind of hungers for, is to help people. And so the thought of if I go to heaven and there's no one else to help because everybody's okay and everybody's perfect and so I can just rock climb all day and do whatever I want, like that is very unsatisfying. Like what actually is satisfying, like you mentioned before, I know like the fruit you actually eat is like when you actually get to help somebody. It's like that's the blessing that comes to you. That's what like fulfills your life. And I feel like you can even wrap it around to what you were saying earlier about like like it feels wasteful for people who have like really nice homes who live by themselves and don't have families but even those people like they feel unsatisfied if they're not giving back like I was talking to Kelsey yesterday and she said that she knows this lady who just like she doesn't have any kids or anything and she's older and she's constantly just like giving her stuff giving her really nice stuff and I was like I think people just like they don't have families they have that like hunger to give to somebody yeah like they they want to do that and like especially if you have more than enough like if you have that I feel like it's just human nature to want to like if you want to feel satisfied to give back to people and then if you don't want to feel satisfied a lot of times people who are really wealthy and don't give back don't feel satisfied yeah they like try to find other ways of doing that and they usually don't you know they usually just don't live satisfying lives but I think like it's just in our human nature to want to take care of other people and to help other people yeah yeah I completely agree but that's yeah that's what like I think that's what ultimately everybody's heart kind of cries out for yeah because yeah like you said even didn't you have a talk with somebody on an airplane one time about that how he had like some rich guy a bunch of stuff, but it wasn't like... I think so. Uh, was he the one who was telling me to buy a bunch of, like, equipment to get rich also? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He he worked in China. And he, like, I was surprised because he didn't look like he worked in China. <laughs> he, like, we had just gotten back from China and he was, like, very wealthy and he had, like, his family was kind of falling apart and I think because he Uh-oh. worked so hard. Yeah. But, uh, Like, you don't. I mean, even thinking back when I was a kid, like, 
and mom and dad didn't have nearly as much as they have now. And it's like, I don't remember ever lacking. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Like, even if they wouldn't have fed me. Like, even now, Caitlin, like, our nieces and nephews, like, if you don't feed them, sure, they'll get cranky. But then when you try to feed them, they don't really care. Yeah. They don't, like, it's like they don't even notice. You're like, you need to eat something. And it's like, they don't, they're just enjoying life so much like like I think if you if they actually went an entire day without eating anything they wouldn't look back and remember it and be like hey remember that day that one day mom didn't feed us like they'd probably just think oh we were just having a good time as kids and, like yeah. I don't think that they would even remember it yeah I mean I guess if your kid's starving every day like you have the other extreme where that's bad and they're starving yeah so I'm not saying that at all but I'm just saying like I don't think uh, I think the relationship aspect of your family is definitely more important than the the finances of it. But I think they're both they're both very important. But I guess yeah. you just gotta. That's a hard thing. I don't know how people weigh out that sacrifice. Yeah. Because every hour you spend working at your job is an hour you're not spending with your family. So. Yeah. You're constantly sacrificing in that way. I don't know. But. Yeah, I was trying to think back to what you were saying before, too, about the, um, like, the satisfaction of, like, that old lady just giving her stuff away. Like, I don't know why there wouldn't be a reflection of that in heaven. Yeah. Because, like, this world is, like, it says this, that we're here in order to be, like, exercised, to learn. And it's like, if we're supposed to be learning these things, and we're learning how to be you know, merciful and forgiving and loving towards people. If that's like some of the process we're supposed to learn and we're supposed to learn to be self-sacrificing, why would that cease as soon as we get to heaven? Yeah. Because that's kind of the definition of love is self-sacrifice. Yeah. And so I don't know why that would end. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine, like I can't imagine leaving this life and then going to heaven and being perfect, you know? Like, yeah. just being, like, never making a mistake again. Like, you can't even imagine that. Because I'm like, well, then then it's like, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, and then all of a sudden, poof, you're there. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, what if I yeah. didn't grow very much yeah. while I was on Earth? Like, I'm still not a very good person, but I'm a Christian. And then, yeah. poof, I'm perfect. It's like, yeah. and then you're not even, you're not okay. even yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so here's... Here's, so, okay, I'll, I'll step over into the borderline heresy now. Because these are just thoughts I've had. Because I thought about it before. I was like, well, if there's no free will in heaven, well, then you could say nobody messes up, whatever. Like, like I've always been taught. Like, there's basically... Yeah. And then they say, well, you don't want to. And I'm like, I, you don't will to. I don't know. Whatever. But let's say, let's say there is free will in heaven. So that was my thought, too. And that seemed terrifying to me. Because I was like, like you said, then we just... What if we just run into another Adam and Eve scenario? Like, I get to heaven, and then yeah. I do have a free will. Then I'm just walking on eggshells for eternity. Yeah. Because I can't mess up. Yeah. But then... You don't want to be the Adam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. is like, where... This is where it's borderline heresy. Is like, so what if I get there, and I have the free will, and my will is still not to mess up? Like, I don't want to. Because, like I said, right now, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt God. I don't want to, like, I want to do right. But I have the free will, and I'm actually, I can mess up. Like, as a child, a child can mess up and fall down and not do things right. And it's like to have 
that in heaven also is so peaceful to my mind. Like, to have that opportunity of, like, even when I get to heaven and I'm still trying to grow in God and I'm still trying to pursue all this love and still trying to get to know Him better, if I stumble, there's still mercy. Yeah. Because mercy's perfection. And so even if I get there and I still, like, mess up or don't do something right like he's still merciful he can correct my errors like yeah like well, does that make sense it's not it's really yeah. hard to explain i don't want to say like oh we'll just be sitting in heaven uh to the right to the, go right? To the right yeah okay. of course not we go through knoxville okay sorry um, no that's right then i think we go towards lexington so okay um no, yeah it's like makes sense because um, sorry, finish your thought first. No, I'm just like, that's my thought. Maybe you can help explain it better. I'm trying to explain it without, like, sounding like, oh, we're all just be sitting in heaven well, or anything like that. It's just that, like, looking from a father-child perspective, it's like, no, like, I, that the child doesn't, doesn't sin against you when it ignorantly does something. Like, you wouldn't look at Ava when she messes up, unless she does it in just absolute rebellion. You wouldn't say this child sinned against me. Well, and I think know? that's what people are saying with, like, maybe not, but I think that's what makes sense to me. Maybe people aren't saying that. Is that, like, you don't will to sin, and so, like, you're not wanting to, like, you're not willfully trying to be disobedient because you're in that glory of God, and it's probably, like, you have that fear of the Lord. Yeah. And, like, the awe, because it's right there. Like, you're in His presence constantly. Yeah. So maybe, like, that does take away your, like, want to sin or your, like, your will to sin or something. But if yeah. you do stumble, I think that is the difference between the mindset of Eden being perfection versus the perfection that you're talking about. Because if it was Eden perfection, you can't stumble. Yeah. Because they, when they stumbled, they got thrown out of the garden. But if it's perfection like we know it now, then you can not that you want to it's just that like you're still growing and there is mercy there and I think that maybe that's the difference maybe that's like the difference is that like it'll be different from earth because people here aren't in that constant like presence of God and we're surrounded by people who don't like who are sinners and who don't I mean and us included you know like yeah we're saved by grace but like but, like, a lot of people don't even, they're not, you know, they're not saved. And so yeah. you have all these people who are, like, murderers and thieves and all this stuff. And, like, if you take that out of it, then it's really just mess-ups. It's like whoopsies. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, that's yeah. different. That's, that's what different. I mean. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, a mess-up versus sin. Yeah. Versus, like, an actual rebellion. Like, I guess it might not be sin as in, like, like, I'm purposely going to try to betray God. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, well, but, like, like it oops like I don't like I'm not even saying there will be that there will be mistakes or oopsies in heaven I'm just saying the thought of that there could be is kind of like comforting yeah it's like it's like there's my my soul and my mind can like kind of find a peace in that like even if I get to heaven and I have a free will I won't be having to walk on eggshells for eternity yeah like I like that just like no that makes to me that makes more sense for heaven also Yeah, it does. Because perfection is mercy, so it's like even if I make an oopsie or whatever, <laughs> like like I can just go, I can just say repent and go right to Jesus and say 
I'm sorry. And then it's like, then I get to eat of that mercy again. Yeah. And then it's like, and then I'm more merciful well, because I just, I just got to partake of it more. So then I'm even more merciful. In, and then it's this continual growth. And like, in my mind, this makes more sense too, because it's kind of like, you know, whenever you're, um, sorry, I was trying to oh, shift gears. Yeah. Whenever you're, uh, at church, I remember youth group, people would be like, they sin and then they'd be at the altar every Sunday. And, and then like older, the older generation or their parents or something would be like, they don't need to be at the altar every Sunday because they look like they're going to get saved every, yeah. every Sunday because they sin that week. I'm like, and that's not like, that isn't that's what, not what it's, it's about. Yeah. yeah. Know? And like, my thought, I'm like, even if they say that, I'm like, yeah, I do. I do need to get saved every week. If for you to say you don't, like, seems a little arrogant. Well, it, like, well, because, <laughs> but for me, I'm thinking like of when I was younger, and I thought I was so scared that I was gonna sin right before I die. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I was like, well, what if this bridge? Breaks and I like where our car falls through the bridge and then we're flying through the air and I'm scared. Oh, I, I see what you're fear. saying. Like you need to be repentant all the time or something. Well, yeah. no, no. Like you have, if I'm scared and I'm fearing for my life, yeah. Then like technically, I guess fear is sin. It's not faith. I don't know. No, whatever. that's not. That's not true. That's that's false. But that's what but, I used to. Yeah, think. I know. I know. That's what I we've always. But that's uh, that's what I was taught, and like yeah. now I'm like. But then, if you've sinned, like, right before you die, it's like, you have this mindset of, like, well, then then it's works. It's, like, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the whole problem here that we're, like, struggling with. And that's why people always go to the altar every Sunday, because they feel like if they yeah. mess up, then they, they yeah. have to, like, get saved again, basically. Yeah, yeah. I but see like, what you're saying. That's different. That's that, it. And so that's why, like, in heaven, it would make sense that you might yeah. mess up, but you doesn't mean you have to get saved again. Yeah. Because you're already saved. I, yeah, that's true. I guess I see what you're saying, as in, like, it's not a work, like, going to the altar every Sunday can become a works thing, and then that's wrong. I guess in my mindset, it's, I'm glad you brought that up, because, like, I think sometimes, especially when I think about repentance, I think my mind just thinks about it differently than most people's, because I literally, like I've said before, I want my life to be a continual state of repentance. Yeah. Where, like, if the altar's open, I'm always going to be there. Not even that I have sin in my life. It's just the fact that I was a sinner. And I'm, I'm there acknowledging that. That not like, oh, hey, I just now sinned or anything. It's just yeah. like, Lord, you saved me from so much. It's just more like a thank offering almost. Yeah, well, like I'm going for the altar. Yeah. I guess in my, in my head, like, and that's where I say, like, yeah, I need to be saved every week. Because it's just like, I need to, I guess I just, it's more of the acknowledgement of just like, I need a savior every time. Oh, well, it's yeah. Kinda, it's kind of yeah, like my think, thought. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense, but yeah. I don't think that's what people are thinking. Yeah, yeah. Like, to say, like, oh, I need to be saved every week, people are thinking that that feels like work. Yeah, yeah. Unless yeah, you're, thinking, you're thinking about it symbolically, and that's, that's yeah. so different. Yeah, I guess so. Because when I say that and make those comments, I'm glad you're here to clarify that. Because when I make those comments, I'm like, I would even say, I need to be saved every second of every day of my entire life. Because in my head, I'm thinking more of, like, I need a savior. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I need to be saved eternally. Or like, but when I think, I'm like, yeah, yeah but like, when I think about going to the altar, I'm thinking like, like, yeah, I've sinned so badly that I need to go to the altar again. And it's beat what, myself up. Yeah. It's yeah, what, yeah. kind of what it feels like. Yeah. 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 I guess I'm, yeah, that's a good point to make. Yeah. Cause then, and 
And I don't think heaven will be like that anyway. I'm like, oh, I no. need to like be acknowledging no, no, how no, much of a sin- sinner I was all the time. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I think that's where it's gonna be different. Like, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is like, this is how we've like been approaching sin in like a worse way in churches a lot of times. Yeah. And like, that's not the way that it's supposed to be. And like, those little sins don't take away your salvation and so those little sins aren't going to make a difference in heaven i could i could totally be wrong and that's maybe a bad thing to say no that's what i mean i'm right i'm right with you where like i feel like i'm speaking heresy if you say anything with sin in heaven yeah and i'm like i don't but at the same time like is it sin uh, or are they just oopsies yeah see i think there's a difference (laughs) you know because i think it is like because if you're thinking of like a parent-child relationship i'm like there is there is the where a child's just being defiant and rebellious yeah. is clearly where then you would say as a parent you might you might could say that sin that that child sinned against me because it 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 knew my instruction it heard my instruction and it and then I guess the way the best way I know to describe sin is rebellion just like outright yeah. I know what's right and I'm gonna reject it and choose to do wrong. And so I think there is a difference between sins and like oopsies or whatever. And so in that sense, I guess like what we're saying is like maybe there won't be sin in heaven because there won't be a rebellion. And I think that's probably the right way to look yeah, because, at it. Because in my in my mind, I'm thinking like you say you should constantly be living in repentance because repentance is just running toward God and away yeah. from sin. And everyone in heaven should be running toward God and away from sin. That should just be like. That should yeah. just be like how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and running. And so let's take that too and say running from rebellion. Yeah, yeah running yeah. from rebellion. Yeah, and running to God. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that. Like in my mind, if you if you mess up, that's not that's not sin. That's yeah, yeah, it's not. And I think, yeah, and yeah. So I, because even like if you mess up, if a child messes up, as a parent, you correct it, but yeah. you don't say, oh, that that child sinned against me yeah like and then if you keep correcting it and it keeps obviously like learn it learns and then still rebels then it's different yeah 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 that makes a lot see that makes a lot more sense to me too and that's and that's what i mean it's like it brings this like comfort and peace to like know that i'm not going to be walking on eggshells and everything or that i'm not going to be myself i think that was the scariest thing for me is like what if I get to heaven and I like turn into this different perfect person that never like that doesn't have it feels like my mind is changing like yeah. if I all of a sudden jump to being like this incredible follower of Christ and I'm not right now or something or not where I should be right now then like all of a sudden I'm like it feels like it, you just change into a different person and then it's like I don't know it just feels really weird to me it's like there's no more growth all of a sudden you're just there yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think there'll be growth. It's weird. Like, there's a passage in Proverbs too. Uh, not Proverbs. Proverbs also, not chapter two. It's Proverbs. I think it's thirty, and it says it goes through these little list of animals and stuff, and it says that they're exceedingly wise. But one of them it says the locusts. Um, the locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. So I think there might be some aspect of that in heaven too, where like. You're not all just, like, perfectly right there. Like, I don't know, like, we'll all, like, not one person will be higher over another. You know, like, there'll be a time when you're working at a higher level than I am. Like, because you have a different calling on you. You have different gifts in you. And so, like, 
you'll be called forth at one point to like do something yeah. use your gift like like you mentioned even architects like will there be architecture in heaven probably yeah if there I would think so because then, then so like you the builders would like get a chance to step up in ranks yeah. like the locusts they all advance in ranks and then and then when they're done then then the interior decorators come in yeah they, they step up in rank. like there'll be stuff to, to do. do and like yeah so there's kind of where you're not just like, oh, I'm there and everything's done. And now it's, it's just a weird, I mean, I guess I'm not trying to make, there might be an error where we try to make sense of it too log, too logically, you know? Yeah. And cause it is a spiritual place, but, but I think we're supposed to, we've been given the things here to understand spiritual things. So I think the things in this earth, we can look at them and try. I think we're supposed to be able to understand somewhat and to be excited about it and not concerned about all the weird stuff in heaven. Another thing that's weird, though, here's a, um, a kind of, maybe this is, I don't, I kind of want to phrase this in a question to see what you think, because I've never heard anybody else talk about this, but um, like you mentioned, given a new body. Yeah. But what about shape-shifting? Ooh. See, that sounds fun, but sound fun. the reason I'm thinking, like I actually thought about that, is just the aspect of changing garments in the Bible and changing clothes here and yeah. disguising yourself. Like you can do that naturally here. And then Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he was walking with those two dudes. He didn't even recognize them. Yeah. And then it even says in the Gospel of Mark that he appeared in another form to the disciples. So I'm like, what does all that mean? That's when I started thinking about it. And I was like, could you actually like, like, appear in, as different, like, and even with the angels, like sometimes they come to people and appear as men, like it says in Hebrews, yeah. and sometimes they look like angels, and so it's like, and, and Jesus said in the resurrection you'll be like the angels, not that you will be angels, but you'll be like them. So that was my thought: is like, could I have this like? He makes his angels like spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Could I have this body that's like clothed in fire at one point and then change it to where I look back like a person? I'm like, that would be pretty sweet. That would be kind of cool. Like Fantastic Four. Yeah. And I also <laughs> wonder too, like, if you can, what if you could shape shift into animals and like learn from them? Because you learn from the animals. Too, if you could turn into like, like, like you said, or even turn into a mammoth, that'd be fun. That'd be pretty cool. Except, except it probably would get really old after like five minutes. You'd be like, all right, I'm yeah, bored. like I'm moving too slowly. <laughs> it's too hot. I don't really yeah. like this anymore. It's not fun. I don't know where to go. I keep hitting things because <laughs> I'm too big. It would be annoying. Yeah. too is like being able to fly and I feel like most people probably think that when you get to heaven you'll be able to fly same way Jesus like ascended up into the clouds yeah I mean that'd be pretty cool yeah I think the thought of like being clothed in fire which just sounds really cool to me like I don't know why yeah have like lightning 
Like, what if you'd be like Thor? That would be kind of cool. That'd be neat. This is probably giving you really bad stuff here. I'm sure people are going to get really mad. Well, Thor is a god, so maybe saying that's we're, probably You're saying we're all going to be superheroes. <laughs> well, sometimes people will describe having it like that, though. Yeah, I've they do. I've heard that like that before. Yeah. So I don't know. Don't get stuck like Aquaman. Aquaman's cool. Yeah, I actually like him a lot. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Any other complaints about heaven you can think of? Uh, no complaints here. I don't think so. I'm trying to think of all the other stuff I used to feel really uncertain about. Because I had to go through all those thoughts too, and it's like, well. Yeah. And I feel like most people think those, they just don't they really just don't vocalize talk them. about it, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, because you don't, don't, you don't have an answer. Like, I feel, and I really feel like that's some of the answer is that whole aspect of just re, re-looking our, our preconceived idea of, of perfection. I think we need to go right here. Um, and I think that would be really helpful if we just really sat back and be like, okay, so my preconceived concept of perfection is walking on eggshells, basically. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's not that. It's perfect. It's mercy, love, and forgiveness. And I feel like that may be some of, like, the answer to all the problems. I feel like that's why people are actually scared to actually vocalize those questions is because they're... There isn't an answer. You just think, oh, well, I get to heaven. I can't mess up. Yeah. And then the only way to not mess up properly is to have your free will suck, taken from you, basically. Yeah. Logically, that's how it seems. That does seem that way. Yes. It seems scary. Yeah. And that's not how he created us, so I don't know why he would yeah. change that. 